Well, good evening and welcome to another episode of the Psalm 51 podcast. It is uh, not only a ministry of the Old Country Church at Lafette, just uh, east of Lafette, Texas, but we also do this in partnership with Fallen and Grace Ministries based out of Tennessee. I'm your host, Riley Pate, co-host, best friend, mentor, pastor, all of the above. Uh, Brother David Jackson here with me, and we're glad that you've chosen to join us. Now, in previous episodes, you've heard us talk uh, quite extensively about the fallen and their restoration. In fact, that's the whole basis of uh, this podcast and this phase of the ministry. But today we want to ask and answer a question for you, and that is the question, who is responsible for restoring those who have fallen? Yes, uh, that, that is probably a, a very good question that I believe everyone needs to know the answer to. And uh, we've got so many people that uh, absolutely do not know anything about restoration or how to restore those who have fallen. And of course, we know what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 uh, tells us that... Uh, uh, we, the brethren, ought to be those who restore. Well, who, who is the brethren? Well, the Bible says there, ye which are spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe this to be the church. And uh, so we as a church, we as pastors, mm-hmm. ought to be, we ought to have a heart for restoring those who have fallen. Those who have fallen by the wayside. Those who have fallen from grace. Uh, we we should have a desire in our hearts to see that these people are restored back to God's grace. And, and sadly, you know, this question of who's responsible, uh, there's always, you know, some finger pointing and, well, it should be this person or it should be that person. So we want to kind of uh, use Galatians 6.1 as our base here, but then just take this uh, piece by piece and, and really show that at the end of the day, we're all responsible. But the, the first person, uh, first and foremost, of course, that is responsible for the restoration of one who has fallen is the pastor. Uh, you know, we, we often have this misconception that you know pastors have to be above the fray, that they can't be down in the, in the muck and mire. But ultimately, the Bible says that the chief shepherd, the one that sets the example, the one that we not only serve under, but, but the one whose example we are to follow, which was Jesus himself, you know, you look at him, and Jesus shepherded his flock by getting in the muck and mire with them. In fact, that was ultimately why the Jews wanted him dead was because they said, you know, he, he consorts with sinners. He goes to the house of people like Zacchaeus. He touches uh, those who are considered unclean. He, you know, helps those who ha- have done things such as the adulterous woman that we would never approve of. And, and so Jesus not only was doing his part in God's plan, but he was also setting an example for pastors that, yes, you do hold a, a high office. Yes, you do have a position in the church, but that doesn't mean that you're to stay away from those who have fallen into sin. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the big questions is people say, well, it says you which are spiritual. Well, who's spiritual? Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's pretty simple. The, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 3.16, know ye not? that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And uh, Galatians five sixteen. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, mm-hmm. so if Jesus Christ lives within us, then we are spiritual. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you mentioned about pastors being the, you know, 
the primary ones who ought to go after the fallen. And and many times, unfortunately, it is pastors who fall. And and yet we find no one willing to restore a fallen pastor. Yeah. How unfortunate. It it really is. And, and you know, I, I think that comes from, that stems from the fact that people believe that pastors shouldn't fall. That, you know, you, you don't have the right, that you forfeited the right to be human. But just because a pastor has a desire in his heart to pastor a church and answers the call of God mm-hmm. on his life doesn't suddenly make him better than anybody else. He's just a subject to that fall. But I think another reason, too, is that so many pastors don't help those in their congregation who have fallen. And so people get the idea, you know, that these pastors are just harsh human beings, that they, they, they have this swift justice, you know, and a lot of that stems from the old uh, adage that we use, churching, you know, where the pastor, you know, gets somebody in his congregation who has fallen into the sin, and they come to him, and they tell him what's going on, and uh, rather than, you know, help them get back on their feet, the, the first thing he tells them is, oh, well, that, that's okay, but, but you've got to get up in front of your church, and we've kind of discussed that yeah. at times yeah. on this podcast, but I think that, you know, that's one of the major mistakes that pastors make is they think that it's their job to expose that person and, and then help them. Yeah. But but that's not the pastor's job at all. The, right. the pastor is to keep that in confidence. That is between him and that individual who has come to him and, and sought counsel. And then from that point forward, his job is to do whatever it is necessary to nurture that individual and give them the biblical tools and counsel necessary uh, to get them back on the path that God wants them to be on. Yeah, you know, there's no one above falling. Yeah. Not a one of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you pastor the world's largest Baptist church or whatever church it is, or if you're someone sitting in the pew for the first time. No one is above falling, especially when we think of ourselves as above falling. Mm-hmm. You know, in Galatians 6, 3, the Bible says, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. I'm afraid too many times that uh, we as pastors, uh, we get too high and mighty. Uh, We're put up on a pedestal, so to speak, and and, uh, we we get too big for our own britches, Mm -hmm. too big for God, and too big for the fallen. And uh, we should never get that way. Pastors should uh, have a heart for the fallen. And uh, by the way, pastors are supposed to be the spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. And so if they're the spiritual leader, then they should, they sh- above all, should have a passion for the fallen. Uh, the, the church, you know, uh, should have a passion. But, but we're, we're asking the question tonight, who is responsible for restoring the fallen? Mm-hmm. Well, I, there again, uh, right at the top of the list, a pastor should be. Well, and I think a lot of times, too, uh, in regards to pastors who kind of shun away from that sector or area of their ministry, it stems not only from a a thought process of, you know, I I really don't know how necessarily to do this, but also what will the people think if they find out that I'm not uh, coming down hard on this individual and at the end of the day, pastors are no different than anybody else. That, mm-hmm. that when you die, when we die as pastors, we answer to one man. And that's not our congregations. That's not our pastor friends. We answer to God, and that's it. Yeah. And it's his expectation for us to set that example. Yeah. But not only are we afraid of what our people in our congregation, I, I did want to touch on this a little bit 
uh, here too. You know, a lot of pastors, uh, we, we get in our circles, right? And we have our, our pastor friends, and, yep. the, and that's good a lot of times. Yep. But we get so concerned about, well, what would brother so-and-so in my circle think right. yep. if they found out that I allowed this person in my church or I restored this person or I allowed this person to hold an office? And, and so we get so concerned with that instead of being concerned with what does God call me as, as the pastor of this congregation to do, and ultimately that is to ignore everybody else's opinion of the matter and to seek God's counsel and say, okay, what do I need to do to be a cog in the wheel that will uh, get this person back where he or she needs to be? Yeah, and you know, another thing that we have briefly discussed before, <clears throat> not only do pastors, uh, are they, they get too high and mighty, but most pastors today, as you and I know, do not know how to counsel. Yeah. They do not know how to restore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sad. We, we have the Word of God. The right. Word of God tells us what we need to do. And yes, there are situations where uh, we need to know a little more about what to do. But there is help out there. As, as a pastor, we should strive to find out what we need to do for those who have restored. There are those... Uh, of us out there who are willing to help, mm-hmm. willing to teach you, willing yes. to counsel with you, also as a pastor. And well, uh, go we, ahead. We have a resource that we call yes. quite often on, yes. you know, and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" and and he helps to walk us through that process because we should never get such an ego mm. so as to think that we have all the answers as pastors. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of pastors fall short of their counseling is that. If they only know to counsel to a certain point, their egos start getting in the way and they become afraid to seek out somebody else who knows more in that particular area. Uh, you know, And there's always going to be somebody out there that has more experience in a particular area than you do. But we as pastors should never get to the point where we're afraid to call that person up and say, hey, I've got somebody in my congregation that I'm trying to walk with you know, through this season in their life. And so I need your help uh, to, to get them back where they need to be. Yeah, we, we should never be afraid to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But we ought to yeah. always be willing to say, but I'll get you help. Right. I'll find somebody who can help. That is the most important thing we can do. We may, we may not have all, I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. Right. But together with those that we partner with, we can get some answers. And and you know, the, it, it, the, the scripture says, we are to restore, not try to restore, uh, but we are to do it in the spirit of meekness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about that the other day, and there's no stipulations with God when it comes to restoration. Uh, meekness is a quality of heart whereby we must be willing to accept and submit to restoration without resistance to the will and desire of others. Wow. God God didn't say restore only Christians, uh, only certain Christians who have fallen, nor did he say only lay people uh, could be restored, but pastors could not. Now, God yeah. didn't say that. Right. You know, anybody and everybody can be restored. And if you're a pastor of a church, not only should be, you be willing to help in the restoration of somebody in your flock, but let's say you've got a pastor friend who falls. Your first phone call should be to them to say, okay, brother, what can I do to help? That's right. And, and and sadly, what happens is the opposite is true. You don't call the person 
We don't call the person who the pastor who's fallen. We call other pastors mm-hmm. to to see. Hey, did you hear about brother so and so? You know, I just got a call from one of their members, or I just got a call from their uh, one of their deacons, or whatever. You know, did you know this about him? And then when we find out that they're trying to get back on track, we call other churches and say, "You don't need to call this guy." That that's not our job. Our job is to call that person, and as you said, go to them with that meekness, not you know, bearing down on them, not looking down our long you know Pharisaical noses, but rather going to them and simply saying. Brother, what can I do to help you uh, fulfill God's calling on your life? Yeah, you know, we, we, we want to categorize those who have fallen. Yeah. We, we want to put a label on them. Uh, and uh, depending on the severity of their sin, of their fall, is uh, to how much we're going to say, oh, no, you're not welcome back in this church. You're not welcome back in the ministry. But you know, nowhere in the Bible does God categorize sinners who have fallen. Uh, He didn't say the rapist or the child molester or the homosexual, the adulteress, the thief, or whoever could not be restored. God didn't Mm -hmm. say that. He said we ought to restore them. Anyone uh, who is saved can be restored after they have fallen from grace. Now, now I do want to say something here there are some things, some of those that you read off there, that do cause somebody to have a very public uh, sentence yes, placed upon. That, that's exactly right. Uh, that there have been some, a couple of high-profile independent Baptist pastors who have experienced that. We are not saying that they necessarily should go pastor a church no, again, no, uh, because you could never earn the respect of your people or the trust of them fully. However. That doesn't mean that God can't use them in some other form of ministry and capacity yeah. at yeah. some point under the right guidance and, and things like that. Well, I did want to kind of uh, uh, put that little Absolutely. disclaimer in there. Absolutely. Uh, but, but at the same time, the point is still true that, yes, though they might not, again, could be a pastor necessarily, that doesn't mean that they couldn't go to a church that says, you know what, there's still a place in the ministry for you. There's no place in the Bible that says that. Uh, but also, you know, I, I just want to stress to you that if you're a church member, and we're sitting here talking specifically about fallen pastors at this point in the show, and you think, well, not my pastor. Every pastor has a fault. Yep. And every pastor has the tendency to give in and the ability to do it uh, because they're in the flesh, just like anybody else. And the greatest pastors that have ever graced the face of America have dealt with their faults just like anybody else. No pastor is above it. Well, and, and every pastor is a sinner. Yes. And there is no such thing as a person upon this earth who has not or is not or will not sin. Right. Uh, we all do. We all have our faults like you said. And uh, But, you know, not only are pastors there to restore and should be there to restore but churches ought to be willing to yes. do it also we as the church that's what that word brethren every time that's used in the new testament it refers to the church and so just as they you know set the example and are responsible it, it, the pastors are it's then our job to follow their leadership yeah and that means that listen if there's somebody in in your congregation and the pastor you know is counseling with them and then they come to you and say Brother or sister, would you help me in this walk? Yes. You know, whether that be accountability or just a, a, a lending a listening ear 
or walking them through a particular passage of the Bible, maybe over coffee or something like that. But whatever that is, if that person comes to you, you shouldn't shun them and you know, like a leper and, and, and walk away. You should embrace them just as your pastor is saying the example and follow his leadership and be a part of that process because you're just as vital as that pastor is because... When somebody falls in a congregation, they're not only looking for their pastor to provide leadership in that restoration process, but they're looking for fellow brothers and sisters to walk alongside them and provide a comfort there, knowing that, hey, no matter what I do, they still consider me a brother or sister in Christ, and they're willing to walk with me through this valley. Yeah, you know, that we've mentioned a little bit while ago about uh, pastors are afraid to get into restoration Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excuse me. Part of it because of their peers, of who they run with, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in many, <coughs> excuse me, in many cases, their church. Yeah, uh, they don't want to have to answer to those in the church for them being a, a help to restore the fallen. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, my goodness, that's what we ought to be. We ought to be there to restore. I, I've seen it. You've seen it. Uh, some layperson in the in the in the pew who has gotten out of church, who's fallen yeah. into sin, and they come back and they go down to the altar and they get right with God. And unfortunately, they tell them they need to get up in front of the church and, and confess their sins to the church so the church can forgive them. And, and folks, let, let me say it loud and clear. God's the only one who can forgive. That's right. But listen, it doesn't matter if it's a... And, and they celebrate. They, mm-hmm. they have revival because that one layperson... Uh, got right with God, and I'm I'm excited about that layperson getting right with God. But we shun the pastors who fall. Yeah, we do. We we don't want to help restore them. Right. And, and let me say this: if it's a layperson or a pastor, and you're a church member, and you're wanting to be a part of that restoration process, also, it's not your job to go get the nitty gritty details. Yeah. Because. That's part of the problem with these churches that have that person get up in front of the entire church is that from that day until the day that person dies, everybody has that thought in the back of their mind. Yes, they're here, but I remember. Yeah. And I know what they've done, and I know the skeletons in their closet. That's not any of anybody's business. No. Uh, that That's not our job, and yet we expect pastors or lay people to spill their beans to us before we're willing to bring them back in the fold. Well, that's because we focus on the sin more than we do the sinner. Right. And every church, I'll say it loud and clear, every church ought to have a restoration ministry. Yes. Every pastor ought to be in the restoration ministry because that is what God has called us to do. That's what God has commanded us to do. Mm -hmm. Restore the fallen. Yeah, and and yet so many times pastors and churches alike uh, don't have that kind of a ministry in their church. Uh, We we know in the area that we're at here, and this is sad but true, uh, 98%, I would even go so far as to say, 98% of the churches uh, within a 50 to 100 mile radius of us don't have any sort of restorative Ministry. They have no process to it. They have no desire for it. And that's sad. Well, you know, there's a lot of churches that call themselves a restoration church, mm-hmm. but there really is no restoration. Yeah. Uh, they they may try to help some, but they really don't know what restoration is. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sad uh, because these people, uh, many times, 
Well, for anybody who wants to be restored, must want to be restored and uh, want to get back into God's grace. And when that person gets there, we need to know how to counsel with them. We need to know how to restore them back into God's grace. And uh, this is, you know, this is a tragedy in our churches today mm-hmm. uh, with people uh, wanting to be restored. But when they go to the pastor, it's, well, I don't know how, I don't know how to counsel with you. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, and, and that's one reason we have this podcast. Oh, absolutely, because we want to be a help. So, you know, we've talked about the pastor, we've talked about the church. So here's the bottom line. Everybody who is saved and a part of the church, whether you're a pastor or a layperson, is involved in the restoration process. Yeah. It is your responsibility. Right. That's the answer to the question, that everybody who is saved, it's your responsibility because the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, therefore you have that ability. But but I, as we kind of... Uh, use this last segment of the show. I want to talk a, on that subject for just a moment about how many pastors and lay people don't know that process and the fact that there are some helps out there yes. uh, to, to equip both the pastor and the lay person so that they can be prepared for this. Yeah, if, if you're a, a someone out there who has fallen or maybe you're a pastor who does not know how uh, to help restore people, uh, listen... Our information, our, our names and address, phone number and everything is on our uh, the Old Country Church at Lafette uh, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get a hold of us. Uh, we will do our best to answer questions for you on how to restore people. If not, we'll get you in touch with somebody who can. Right. And uh, the, the, the help is out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just we just need to do what God has told us to do. Well, just as the help is out there, I think it's imperative that we all begin to realize that the need it is a need uh, is Very out much. there. I mean, we we run into people every week uh, that are in need of some sort of restoration, or tell us that hey, I've gone through this in my life, yep. and this is how the church reacted, or or this is what a pastor said, and and often uh, more times than not. Uh, the answer that they get from a pastor is, well, I, I really don't know what to say. You know, I, I really don't know how to counsel, so really you just need to get up in front of the church and, and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of equate that with counseling. Yeah. Uh, but but I want to encourage you, especially if you're a pastor, go get the tools. Uh, there are books out there uh, that can help you, and then there are people out there who you can network with that will walk you through uh, studies and walk you through right. a discipleship process in this particular uh, area of ministry. So, And it's not saying that, oh, they, they have all the answers and you don't. But it is saying that you know a lot of pastors think that their job, and I get this to a point, is to study for Sunday morning. If you have a Sunday night service and a Wednesday night service, okay, that's my job. I'm going to stay for that. And then, you know, maybe you have a soul-winning ministry. And they think that's the ministry. But at the end of the day, a pastor's ministry is the people. Yep. If it were not for the people, he would have no flock to pastor. There would be no church for him to lead. And I think we've got to keep that at the forefront, that our ministry is about people. And when it becomes about people, it, it leads to broken people. Yeah. It, it leads us down that path where we're going to have to deal with, with those situations that make us uncomfortable, that, those situations that we don't have an answer for. And I think we've got to keep that at the forefront. Yeah, why, why did Jesus look on the multitudes and have what? Compassion. Did he look at yeah. a bunch of saints? 
No, it was a bunch of sinners. <laughs> not, not even in his no, circle of no, twelve. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, and so, you know, we're the same way. As when we get up to preach, if all we do is focus on the sin, how can we help the sinner? Yeah. If all we want to do is tear down, how can we build up? Mm-hmm. If all we can do is complain about what these people do and how they live their life, how can we restore them? Right. We must have a compassion to restore. If if in our church, mm-hmm. my goodness, uh, we could have somebody get up and confess their sins every week for the sins they've done, <laughs> and never run out of people to to get up and talk. But right. that's not that's not what we're supposed to do. And that wouldn't do them any good. No, wouldn't do us any no. Good. But I also want to say because you know it seems like oh well they're just you know dogging us as pastors who don't counsel. Uh, we haven't always been in this position no, either. No. Uh, you know, every pastor starts out with this ideal of what the ministry is, and, and, and oftentimes, more than not, you're around some great pulpiteer, and so you're ready to charge Hell's Gates with a water pistol and just get after it. And, and you get the idea that that's what you're supposed to do. But God has a way of using things in your life to put you in a position where now you're open to this thing called restoration and, and, and seeking out ways to counsel with people. Yeah, there's no way that we can look at our own life. I can't look at my life and judge others mm-hmm. who have fallen. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one in the church, I don't care what pastor it is, if they truly look at their life and what they have done to God mm-hmm. in, the, in this matter of sin, then how in the world could we ever judge somebody else who has fallen. Right. That, that, by, by what we have done ourselves, we ought to, as you said, charge hell with a squirrel gun trying to restore these people yes. back to God's grace. Yes, absolutely. And and so I just wanted to be sure to interject that here that we're not looking down on pastors who don't restore no, because we no. were once, like I said, we were once in that position because, yeah. you know, we, we thought, oh, well, you know, what do you do? They, they've fallen short, but we've, seen that in our life and, and realized. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're one of those pastors who hasn't got to that point yet, do what Brother David was saying. Look back at your own life yeah, yeah. and put a mirror, put, put it up against God's Word, and you're going to realize how many times, even today, you've fallen short of God's glory, and that will completely change your mind about this thing called restoration. It'll, it It will revolutionize, if you will, your approach to ministry where you have more compassion and, and, and you have more of a, a listening ear and an open heart to people who are in that situation. You know, we've, we've said it before, but uh, uh, the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Mm-hmm. If any of us put ourselves in another category than that, then we're putting ourselves above God. Right. Because He was the only one worthy. We're right. not worthy. You're not worthy. And so... We must uh, be willing to help those who are fallen. It is everybody's responsibility who is a child of God, who is a member of the church, who is a youth pastor of a church, who is a pastor of a church, who is a song director of a church, who is a deacon in the church. Everybody has a responsibility Mm -hmm. of restoring those with meekness who have fallen. Right. And we've kind of, you know, spent a lot of time on pastors uh, and, and changing their mindset. But if you're a lay person listening to this, I want to encourage you uh, tomorrow, tomorrow's church day, yeah. go to your pastor and ask, how can I help restore the fallen in our church? Yeah, Because he's going to know those who have. Yeah, He's going to know those who are needing to walk through that process. And 
go to him and say, okay, Pastor, I don't I don't need to know what they've done. Yeah. I, I don't need to know the nitty-gritty details. I'm not here to dig into somebody's personal life, but I want to be a help to someone that you know uh, is in need of it. And, and I guarantee you that when you go with that spirit of meekness and that heart of compassion uh, to your pastor, he can get you with that individual and, and say, okay, here's what they're going to need, you know, whether it's a prayer partner, accountability partner, or, or just a Bible study partner, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, he's going to be able to put you in that position. But you need to take that first step of going to him and saying, I feel a burden because now I realize I'm responsible just as you are, and I want to be a help to you and to, to those who have fallen. Yeah, we are all responsible. Yes. We're all responsible for, for restoring the fallen. And, and uh, there again, you... If, if you're looking for restoration in your life as a child of God, I don't care what you are. I, I don't, I don't male, female, I don't care if you worked in the church, if you were a pastor of a church, or if you were just a layperson in the church. If you have fallen and you need restoration, you get up tomorrow morning, you go to church, you get with your pastor. If he can't help you, I promise there are those who can help you. Yes. We're here, we want to help you, and uh, our heart is, is 100% in the restoration ministry. And we can help you or we can guide you to somebody who can help you. But first of all, step out, go to your pastor uh, and and ask him for help. And uh, that's the best place to start right there. Yes, and that's the whole basis of what we do here with this podcast is we just want to be something to equip you and to encourage you uh, in this process of restoration and you know, each and every week we look at different aspects, but we just felt a burden to let you know that we're all responsible. But as Brother David said, don't forget, tomorrow it's Sunday. Yeah. Go to church. Be in your place. You may think, hey, after the week I've had, I don't know if God wants me. Yes, he does. He you does. go to church. You worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I'm, I assure you you'll be blessed for it. Y'all have a great week, and we'll see you next Saturday. Amen.